you going away was I always wanted you to do what you wanted to do. I wanted you to follow your dreams. You're listening to Penlight, a podcast that strives to reignite a passion for nursing for those who've lost it. My name is Maggie McGrath, and I'm a travel nurse. I love what nursing has given me over the last five years, but I fight symptoms of burnout every day. I'm opening up a space once a week for nurses to vent, to laugh, to share ways in how they cope with stress, and to offer guidance for change. As nurses, we dedicate our lives to improve the health of others. It's time to shine the pen light on nurses and nursing to improve our own health. Does this sound louder than before? Does it sound louder? <laughs> Does it? <laughs> Testing. Testing. Testy. Maggie. <laughs> stop it. Hey, it's explicit. Mm, okay. I put explicit on right, iTunes. Hit, hit stop real quick. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Maggie McGrath. You're listening to Penlight, where we shine the light on nurses and nursing. And this week, I'm sitting down with my partner in crime, my number one support system. He's the one who lifts me up and encourages me to be the best person I can be, especially in the nursing realm. So here he is in the flesh on the podcast. My, Hello. My boyfriend, Matt. <laughs> what's up, Matt? Well, I'm happy I could finally be on it. Yeah, we took like a two-week hiatus. Yeah. <laughs> kind of upset I'm not like episode one or two, I'm four. Uh, well, you know, you're not a nurse. <laughs> just live with one. Yeah. But I'm just happy you started it. Yeah. You're one of, you're the person that made me start this. Do you remember wow. that? Small contribution. Well, I, do you remember that though? Last year when I was coming home from Colorado. Was it when I was doing the podcast stuff? No. Podcast festival? Or no? No, we were, um, I was, was coming home from, well, so the reason oh, for, for everybody else, we were traveling. the reason why I wanted to do this podcast is I was coming from home from Denver at, when I did an assignment last year. Um, and I was looking for a nursing podcast, just something that I could listen to on the drive home and I couldn't find anything. The only thing I could find was like pharmacology or NCLEX, um, you know, studying for the NCLEX and there wasn't anything like, you know, chicken noodle soup for the nurse's soul type deal, which is what I was trying to do. Um, and so Matt was like, if you don't have that, then you should make one. Yeah. So yeah, you kind of, you started this. Yeah. There's gotta be something for nurses. So you guys can relate to each other. Yeah. Rather than people studying for exams. Like yeah. There's so much more to it than that. Right. And I'm kind of, I was just thinking about that the other day because I'm going to go to the um, American Neuroscience Nurses Association um, conference. And I was looking at the different classes and we were talking about this. I was just really surprised that there's no kind of out of like the dozens and dozens of classes there are for that whole weekend, there's none for self-care. Or Psychology for, for nurses or therapy there's for none nurses. For, yeah, especially with neuro. I mean, like traumatic brain injuries, those types of patients or brain tumors or confused patients, people that you can't really blame for the inappropriate behavior. Mm -hmm. You know, you just take it and, and you make excuses for them and that 
like weighs on you a lot. And so I was kind of surprised. I wish that there was one, you know, at least one class. I feel like it would be a packed house in that course. Yeah, but, especially uh, with all the nurses there that have to get their nursing credits. What are they called? Yeah, CEs. CEs. Continuing, continu- continuing education units, I think. CEUs. CEUs, yeah. 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 You have a ton of nurses there. They're probably dealing with this because it's a neuro conference. Yeah. Yeah. I can't, I don't know how we got on that, but. Well, you're talking about how you started your podcast, why you started right. it. Right. Yeah. yeah. So just like, you know, these areas of that, there's so, there, there's so much that we could talk about and yet it's kind of like an untouched territory yeah. in a sense Well, that we're starting it. Now you're touching it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So um, you're my significant other. I am. <laughs> I kind of just want to know what you think I do all day as a nurse on a 12-hour shift. White butts. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do, I do more than I do, <laughs> so, yes. <laughs> but a lot more than that. Uh, I don't know. I just... White butts. The biggest thing that I've learned is that you are probably way more stressed and way more busy than I am on a daily basis. Not true. Well, we're stressed in different ways. But yours is like a lot of physical and mental stress. Mine is mostly mental. We talked about this in a different podcast with Shelby, but it was like because we both... I don't think that that's... (laughs) I don't think that that's correct, though, in my thing, because I've thought that before. You know, like if you come home and you're stressed and I come home and I'm stressed... It's a different, we're both stressed. It's not a different type. It's a different type, you know, yeah. like it's a different, our, our bodies are still in a stressful state, you yeah. know, like we still bear that, you know, the effects of our days, yeah. you know, whether or not you're, you know, having in like life threatening situations, you know, you still have that. I think that's something you know, to point out as far as relationships with nurses and significant others is that, you know, you can't just, when you're unloading on somebody, like you have to remember that they probably had a bad, they could have had a bad day too. Like you can't just unload and then go to sleep. Yeah. But I don't know, for your daily tasks and what you do, I don't know, I would imagine that you get in there. You get report. You probably have four to six patients. Mm-hmm. You probably have to do morning meds if you're day shift. Yeah. Night meds if you're night shift. This I'm is, guessing. You're good. Yeah. Okay. No, this is good. Um, <laughs> after that, you probably have to do some sort of communications with doctors or your techs. Sure. And after that, it's like just answering, answering every becking call that happens throughout the day. That's pretty accurate. Until the nighttime or <laughs> morning, depending on what shift you're on. And then you have to do charting and reporting to yeah. the other nurses who are coming on. That's like this summary, I would think, of your day. Yeah, if I were to like put it in a nutshell. The only the other thing that happens in the morning with meds is that well, one of the biggest things that nursing does is their assessment. Oh like yeah. Constantly assessing people. For neuro, you and used to do neuro assessments. Well, yeah, neuro assessments are specific, but but for you do a complete systems assessment. Yeah. So you start with like, 
you start with a little neuro, like alert and oriented times four, like this is how they ambulate. And then you go into respiratory, cardiovascular, um, gastrointestinal, genitourinary, like how they go to the bathroom, how do they eat, how do they swallow. Yeah. And you go through skin, any skin breakdown. You go to pain um, and then kind of plan anything kind of weird about the patient or like, yeah. you know, he's homeless and so discharge is going to be difficult. And so yeah. you do that, figure out that assessment in the beginning of the day. Um, and you also get that assessment, assessment from the oncoming or offcoming Are there any like nurses? I think about it like you're obviously there to make the person better or to stabilize them in some way. Is mm-hmm. there goals that you have for that patient for a single day or is it more long-term goals it's, with a doctor? There's inter, we call it interdisciplinary goals. So you have nursing goals, mm-hmm. but the doctor has his own goals. Therapy has their own goals. So nursing goals could be they're going to not wet themselves this shift. I'm going to make sure that they're calling every time they need to go to the bathroom and I'm going to get my ass in there so that they don't go in their pants. For someone who's not a nurse, I think I know this answer, but for someone who's not a nurse, why is it important that they don't wet themselves or why is it important that they can pee on their own? Like those are the kind of goals that I think that you probably have. You Mm -hmm. know, for me, it's like so that they can get discharged so they're not like having to rely on a, what's it called? Catheter. Right. That, well, you wouldn't put in a catheter if somebody was well, wetting themselves. Not well, wetting no, themselves, good... but like if they have, I thought you said like when they have a catheter, they can't pee on their own. So like that's yeah. like a goal for them. Right. So like that's what I was thinking were like your daily goals to help people with. Yeah. That's what I would assume, but that's just me. Yeah. That's pretty much what, you know, you have daily goals, like pain is going to be under control. Yeah. Or, you know, if they're working on, um, you know, like I'm at a rehab facility right now. Um, they're working on going into the shower and being okay by themselves or maybe just like just need to be supervised, but nobody needs to like touch them to help them shower. Mm -hmm. So goals, yeah, nursing goals change all the time. Um, You know, somebody could be on oxygen because they're taking a lot of pain medicine and they're having respiratory depression. And so like you need to, you know, they're on one liter of oxygen or something. Yeah. So you try to wean, like, the goal for today, and we're like, okay, we're going to try and take you off oxygen by the end of the day. So that's what I would think is, like, your daily that's thing. Kind is of, like, you're, you're maintaining, trying to hit those goals at the same time as, like, maintaining and answering any, like, bedside calls you mm-hmm. have. Yeah. So, like, for the rest of the day, you pretty yeah. much do that. And you're supposed... <laughs> it's funny that you said charting at the end of the shift, because I feel like I always chart at the end of the shift. <laughs> you're supposed to chart throughout the day but i know like every that's time you're like that's you. <laughs> all you hear from sorry me. i'm like getting like, home i'm I was charting, charting my whole patient everybody <laughs> yeah you're supposed to chart in real time but i have a problem with that because i'm just so scatterbrained and then i end up being like oh well somebody needs me in this room so i'm gonna go now and that's more important than charting what i just did so yeah but then your charting is not as good you know if you're charting it at the end of the shift and like you don't remember yeah you know how many times you took somebody to the bathroom and you do need to know that. So, yeah, I don't know if this is one of your questions, but would it be good to talk about my experiences with nurses? Yeah. Yeah. I want you to. What's your, you don't have any nurses in your family, right? It's just, yeah. That's I know of. 
what was your impression about with nurses before we started dating and how has it changed? My impression beforehand, um, the first time, I think I told you this before, but the first time I ever heard about travel nursing was on Elliot in the morning back in DC <laughs> and he had a caller he, he called in. Yeah. He had a caller that called in who was a gypsy nurse, had never heard of it before. And I thought that was sounded like so much fun. That sounded so cool that this person could just pick up and go wherever they want every three months and be able to get a new position, a new place and try it in a new city. Yeah. I think the woman was in Winchester at the time. Um, so I thought that was cool, but at the same time, I really didn't know what nurses do. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had experiences with them in hospitals. And it's always like, for me, on the receiving end of being a patient, I'm always confused. Every time someone walks yeah. in the room, if they're a nurse, if they're a nurse practitioner, if they're a doctor, if they're the person I should be telling this issue to or this issue to, yeah, I, I'm so confused every time. I hate that, though. I hate that, though, because they... They are supposed to introduce themselves every time they come in the room. And doctors just assume that, that you know who they are. Yeah, no. That they have a white coat and you're like, oh, that's Dr. So-and-so. But they just well, come in the room and they're Sometimes they're in like, scrubs. Yeah. So well, that confuses right. me too. It's like, yeah. are you a nurse or are you a doctor? And I don't want to be a jerk. No, you should. But. Honestly, if you called people out on their bullshit like that, then that would help more than it would hurt Yeah. in the long term. I think most people aren't comfortable with that would, too. It's like, are you a nurse? And then it's like, oh, am I going to get bad treatment now? Because I questioned no. if she's credible. You could just be like, I'm, I'm so sorry. I've met so many people. Remind me your name again or remind me who you are. True. Because that's, yeah, I've seen so many, so many people like forget my name and that's, I'm totally fine that, with yeah. that. But I introduced myself as their nurse in the beginning of the shift. Like, yeah. you know, the nurses are supposed to do that, but some of them... Some of them, like, you know, they won't do bedside report or or whatever. You just, like, come in and maybe the patient's sleeping at 6.45 in the morning. When you come in, you just write your name on the board and leave. But, like, how many times does a patient look at the whiteboard and see that something's changed? Probably not a lot. But the doctors, I see that all the time where a doctor comes in. They're like, hello, so-and-so, how are you doing today? Okay, well, we're just keep keep watching you and we'll see how the day goes when they leave. Yeah. And the patient's like, who is that? And I was like, that was your attending. It's like, oh, like, I wish I knew that. So right. I could tell them these because things. Because I had all these questions. Yeah. Yeah. I know. That's what I'm saying. Cause like it's when dumb. I had my reaction, my peanut reaction here in Denver, and then all of a sudden there was 15 people in my room and they wanted well, to stick a hose down my throat. That's because you said, what did you say to them? Well, I said like, I, I said, yeah, they I, I've the had this happen. Yeah, because... whatever. <laughs> I've had this happen before where I had it happen in San Francisco where I had my yeah. throat close up and I threw up on the side of a highway before I got to the hospital and everything. Yeah. It was ridiculous. And I had trouble breathing. So I said to the people when I got in there, hey, I'm having an allergic reaction. It's peanuts. My throat might close up. Yeah. So and they... Those, <laughs> Those words were the death of me <laughs> in that hospital because I got so scared because I had, yeah, I had probably 15 people in the room. Yeah. And Zach and I were both looking at him like, what is happening right yeah. now? You and call, I didn't know who was a doctor. You a code on yourself. That yeah. was like, because that's um, because they didn't know if your throat was closing up or not. They need to be ready to intubate. <sighs> so they, they like had something at the bedside. Yeah, they were, they were about to stick a hose down my throat. And I was like, I don't think we need to do this. 
<laughs> like, wait, 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 it's yeah. not closed. Like, yeah. I think we're good. I could still breathe. I could still talk. Like, my voice hasn't changed. I yeah. haven't thrown up. I haven't had a secondary reaction. Yeah. All I've had is hives and a little bit of swelling. Well, when I think of, I mean, when you don't know somebody, when you don't, like, just like those, those nurses, staff, whatever, just met you and they can see it in your eyes, like, something is wrong. I have had this before. My throat yeah. is closed. That's all they need. And they need to be prepared for the worst. Like I had, a, I had an issue the other day where I had a patient for like three days and her blood pressure had been like a little bit low, like kind of, but like not, not terrible, but like, of course around shift change, but she like called out and she looked me dead in the eye and she was like, something is very wrong. Hmm. And I was like, up. Oh, Okay. Yes. Like, you know, I believed her immediately because that's what you just like. I, I'm sure I wasn't with you. I was in Virginia, but I'm sure like, you know, if somebody were to look at you and be like, okay, yeah, we definitely something we need to be pre- prepared for the worst. Yeah. Yeah. So. Just a bad situation. I mean, it didn't help that the security guard as I was entering the hospital made me go through the metal detector twice. And I literally just took off my jacket and gave it to him and then ran it. Yeah. <laughs> ran to check in. They're like, priorities. I was here. like, I don't care. Throw my jacket through the scanner again. Yeah. Oh my God. But what's the most do we answer that question? What one? About what your perception of nursing was? Well, it's it's I kinda went on it. I mean, it was like kinda touching on my experience with nurses and the first time I heard about mm-hmm. like travel nursing. And my perception yeah. of nurses wasn't that broad. Yeah. I mean. You don't really see. It, you think of nurse and like I think of going to my primary care when I was still yeah. doing military care. Taking blood pressures. And they were taking blood pressures and then moving me to a room. Yeah. And I'm like, that's what a nurse is? I feel like it's, a nurse is a lot more than that. You don't see a lot of it. You just see clinic nursing where it's, it's I don't know if they're like a certain level of nursing, but they, yeah, they just took my blood pressure, took my weight, moved me to the room, asked me what was wrong. Put it on a chart, give it to the doctor, and then the doctor came in. That was kind of my perception. Unless I go to the hospital, which I've never had like any major surgeries or anything. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, knock on wood. Um, I've never really dealt with nurses that much. Yeah. So my perception probably has completely been molded by you. Yeah. And you see, I'm a shit show. And your friends come home from work. <laughs> <laughs> Not every time. Like these are all everything that happened. What's the most horrific story you can think of that I've unloaded on you on a day when I get home? Uh, I don't know. It, I thought of this originally and horrific because it's horrific for me. It was scary for me and I was afraid for you was your experience at one of your first hospitals oh, where some patient went crazy punched another one of your nursing friends in the face, stormed through the hallways, like broke a window or something like that. Oh, yeah. I'm sure you could tell the story better than me because I don't know it, but it scared me because you could potentially be the one who's kicked, punched, treated disrespectfully, whatever it might be. And that would take a huge toll on you mentally and take a whole toll on our relationship because of the situation that you're put in. So, like, that is horrific to me. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I could talk about, you know, some patient pooping everywhere, but it's that's more horrific to me than any of that stuff. Yeah. You're combining two stories, actually. Am I? One of them, this guy 
yeah, punched another nurse in the face because he was confused. I think he wasn't a war vet and had PTSD, but he was also had acquired some hospital delirium, and it was like two in the morning, and he was watching some aggressive. Is it like a show. war documentary or something? Like that? Yeah, or something. It was like yeah, loud and gunshots and whatever. And the nurse came in, and he was just like bug eyed and just didn't know where you know, where he was, but he was, un- he was unsteady on his feet. I think he got, like, got up and the nurse was like trying to stabilize him and he just clocked her right in the jaw. Yeah. And then she was, I remember her screaming from a room and we all like, you know, rushed in there and she was kind of like, like, I don't know, wrestling with him a little bit, like standing up cause she was trying to keep him from falling, but he had just punched her. And so he was like thinking that, she was going to hurt him and she was trying to keep him upright so that he wouldn't fall. And he had just punched her and it was like, and he was like, I don't know, 80 year old man, but still like it hurt. Yeah. You know? And then he came to in the morning and felt so bad crying all day. Like he, he was just felt so awful about it and she didn't press charges, you know, but it was, yeah, that was scary. That sucked. And then there was another situation where, yeah, there was a, a guy that had a, um, um, sometimes after you have, he had um, a seizure, he had epilepsy seizure disorder. And mm-hmm. sometimes in very rare cases, you can have what's called like a post-ictal rage. Um, post-ictal is post-seizure. Um, so he would go on this rampage and like very nice guy but after he would have a seizure he was like a he was six foot something and he wasn't on my unit but he had a seizure on one unit and then I think he took a he he like stormed through um the stroke unit stormed through the neurosurgery unit into the neuro ICU and he hit a nurse or like a clinical engineer with like a tripod stand or something. And then he did, he punched out a window and there was like blood kind of like trickling through the halls. Yeah. And, um, they eventually, yeah, security finally came up and tackled him in the ICU. And then he was in five point restraints for maybe a day. And then he came to and he was, yeah. So those things are the things that I find most horrific. Yeah. Yeah. It's a story, you know, it's a story. It's you yeah. got to tell it and we're not trying to be specific, but, but like that yeah. those are what are scary for me and horrific for me. I, I mean, think you could say like I said, you could say all the dirty disgusting things that you do, but those things are the things that I am most shocked by. I don't think I've ever been hit. I was you trying to think, think about I don't. You don't know. I don't. I mean, I've been a nurse for five years now. I don't remember. I, I think I've been hit by like a ninety-six-year-old woman once because she was like a little confused, or she pushed me, and I think I I told the charge nurse and was like, she pushed me. <laughs> She's like this frail ninety-six-year-old, and he, they gotta just laughed at me. They're like, come on. Yeah. But um. I'm trying to remember if I have ever been, I mean, I've definitely, I've definitely, I know so many nurses that have, have in the past, but I think I know now from being like neuro 
specialize for patients that aren't in the right mindset. Like you have to be well-versed in like behavioral de-escalation and you have to like know how to position yourself and know how to talk to them. And, you know, there's especially like with traumatic brain injury patients, there's like an algorithm, you know, and you need to like make sure that you're kind of that, that you're not cornered. Like you have to be facing the door so that you have an outlet that you can leave. Um, and you have to know like how to talk to them. Like for those types of patients, you can't give them open-ended questions. Like, what do you want for lunch? Yeah. You have to say like, here's your lunch (laughs) or like, because that's easier for them to process than trying to think of all the possibilities that there could be for lunch. They just can't. And that will cause anxiety and then that'll cause aggression. Something as simple as that. Yeah. So, I mean, in that, in those units that, that used to happen, you know, those nurses kind of know how to deal with those patients a little bit better. Um, you know, not to get in somebody's face. Yeah. um, I mean, besides all that, I think that the, probably the most horrific I've ever heard is probably Julia's. Oh yeah. From from the last last episode. episode. (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah. That was pretty graphic. Disgusting. (laughs) I couldn't stand that. Yeah. Um, one of the main questions I get from people that are pursuing travel nursing is how did you do it with your significant other? Um, and we did long distance for, we started long distance. We've been, Matt and I have been together for a little over three years and I was living in, um, Virginia, Charlottesville, Virginia. He was living in another part of Virginia, Woodbridge. And we did that for how long? Over a, a year. year, over a year, yeah. and then I started. When did you move? Traveling. When did we move in together? Like when was my when first we assignment? We moved in together, right? Yeah. My first assignment, we did three months, and then I moved, Can and we then I locations? went to New York. Yeah, cities are fine. I yeah, think. yeah, okay. cities are fine. Yeah. Um, you were always, always really, really supportive of it. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think, but I also came in to the relationship with the intention of doing travel nursing with, you know, regardless. Yeah. I think I told you that up front. I was like, this is something that I really want to do. So yeah. I think, I think that that helps just knowing, like being confident that I wanted to do traveling. And then you were just very like, if that's what you want to do. Yeah. Yeah, I wanted you to tra- to travel nurse, but a little bit of background behind that too was that I was starting my MBA at the t- same time. Mm-hmm. So we both knew that I was going to be busy with yeah. a full time job and doing MBA classes at night. That I was not going to have time, a yeah. whole lot of time for us. Yeah, and I was playing hockey for the university as well. Yeah, so I like think back on that like year and a half or two years however and I don't know how we two did years. that yeah. you were literally you were full time job 9 to 5 and then Tuesdays and Thursdays you had night classes and then Mondays and Wednesdays you had hockey Yep. and then I was traveling every weekend insane for hockey yeah but you just we had f- I think Friday nights were like the only night we had together yeah but you just do it you just you know yeah I've always I mean 
my life would be so completely different if I didn't start traveling, you know? And I almost think, because I think in my um, relationship experiences, I mold to the people that I'm with. Mm -hmm. And I kind of like end up later on, like kind of forgetting who I am and the things that I like. Mm -hmm. And traveling has really helped me in that, you know, like we would live together, together for three months and then I would go away and I would remember like, you know, I would practice piano or I would work out in the morning. I would have time for myself and I would like things that don't normally come naturally to me. I was forced to do on my own. And then I was able to come back into this relationship more confident and, you know, harboring, fostering my own happiness. Yeah. Well, I think that's something that that made us better. I think it's something that people who are considering traveling need to think about is like, there is a possibility that you're not traveling together. Right. One person stays home if they have a full-time job. And that's okay. And that's okay. It's not a big deal. You go and visit that person every now and then. Get yourself a travel credit card. Get some points. <laughs> <laughs> you freaking points. <laughs> this man and his travel points. I can't. Um, and go visit them. And then that time together is even better. And yeah. you both get time to do your things and focus on your things together. Yeah. And I think that that's it's completely healthy. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Yeah. And you sh- I mean, you miss them, of Yeah, course. you're going to miss them. No matter what. It's hard. It's not easy. It's definitely more difficult if you have kids or a dog or, you know, something else that you're relying on, but it's just us right now. Yeah. But also, I mean, if you have those things, people do that too. I know. But, you know, it's things to think about. But I think that you going away was, I always wanted you to do what you wanted to do. I wanted you to follow your dreams. And I knew that your dreams were either go up in a helicopter and be a helicopter nurse. What are they called? Flight nurse. Flight nurse. Yeah. <laughs> that was like I your initial. I do that. Yeah. yeah and, then, and then you won travel nurse. And when you said travel nurse, I was like, absolutely do it. I don't think I ever objected it, did I? No. Yeah. No. I, don't think I, I think from the beginning, I was like, that sounds awesome. Do it. Yeah. I think we were nervous. Sure. Yeah. Because you're going to be further away than, you know, two hours drive that we had before. But I also think that our kind of foundation of being away from each other already, that, that kind of helped. It didn't seem like, yeah. you know, like I would see you on the weekends in Charlottesville yeah. most of the time, but yeah, every I, couple of weeks, I feel like I would see you. I wouldn't want people who are listening to think that we're making it seem like it's so easy to do Yeah, because we did it. You know, it's, it wasn't easy. It was definitely hard, but I think it was worth it. Yeah. But it was, yeah, it was, it was, it wasn't easy, but it's not impossible. No. I mean, and it's okay. a conversation that you should have with your significant other. If you are, if it's something that you really want to do, like you can do it. Yeah. And when we talked about doing it again, possibly. Yeah. But I don't really want to. Yeah. I'm probably not going to just cause I'd like to travel with you. Yeah. But. Yeah. But that's, yeah. I think that. I have more flexibility now to travel with you, so that's why That's true. That's true. Matt travels with me now, which it makes it so much better. Yeah, I'm not stuck to a job in Arlington, Virginia. Yeah. You're your own boss. So happy for that. What's the most frustrating thing you think 
about me being a nurse? Probably the fact that I should have paid more attention in medical terminology in college <laughs> instead of, you know. Because I unload and then you're like, I have no idea what she's talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think I took medical terminology like my senior year, um, like fall semester, and I was just like already out the door at that point. Yeah. And I was not paying attention. I think I might <laughs> I think I might have got like a C in that class. Sorry, Seven. mom. C's to get degrees, right? Yeah. Not in nursing. You get one <laughs> C, you get kicked out. I think it was one C. Well, this was my major. It was just you had to take that class, I think. It was part of the um what's it called? General. Gen eds. Gen eds. Was it Gen Ed? It might have just been extra credit. I just needed the credits. Mm-hmm. Anyways. I didn't pay attention to that. And the biggest thing that I have is learning what the hell you're saying. Especially when I first started dating you, you would throw shit at me and you would not know that you need to like dumb it down to normal piece in person terms. I did that. You'd be like, oh yeah, I got to do CEUs and you know, got to go to this conference. I'm like, what this, what's a CEU? Oh, I got to do this cath. And I'm like, what is a cath? Like, I didn't know those simple things. Oh, yeah. And you just, you just get on the phone, you would go on stories and I didn't want to interrupt you. And then I would be like, yeah, that sounds terrible. <laughs> Just like feed off your energy, and I'd be like, "Yeah, that sounds that sounds really bad." Uh-huh. <laughs> I had no idea what you're talking about. Oh, well, I appreciate you feeding off of my energy. Yeah, because it makes me feel better. Yeah, well, you need somebody to vent to. Yeah, I just yeah, I, that was like that's probably the biggest thing that annoys me. That and the fact that sometimes you have to work night shifts. Uh, that's what I thought it was going to be, like sleeping without me or something. Yeah. I like having my nights with you. Yeah. Because I'm working all day and then I finally get to relax at night. And like and if I don't have you, then yeah, what am I doing? Yeah. Watching Netflix shows or playing video games? Like, uh, no. Or I end up working until 11 o'clock, which is often most of the time. Yeah, you shouldn't be doing that. I know. But yeah, I would say those are like the probably the biggest annoyances. Um, that and recruiters. Yeah. Recruiters. I hate recruiters. And you hate the process negotiating with recruiters. Yeah. (laughs) Here's the thing for everybody who's listening. Matt's going to go on a tangent. This is my proposal. This is my business proposal. Yeah. That travel nurses, specifically for travel nurses, need a manager to manage their contracts and to manage recruiters and to manage hospitals. And everything else. They need and some intermediary. Or, that's not the right word. Intermediary. Um, I'm probably saying that wrong. Med- they need somebody in the middle. Yeah. To negotiate on their behalf. Because most nurses are not the business type who are down to negotiate. We're not. No. You're down to negotiate with patients to make sure that they stay sane. But not to negotiate on your worth. Money. Yeah, pay. pay, everything else. And it's hard for nurses in particular, from what I've experienced, to really talk well about themselves, put themselves up on a pedestal so that they get the best pay and they get the best results on their contracts. So they need somebody in the middle to negotiate all the contracts. Matt tells me every time I get on a call with a recruiter, he says, you have a big nursing penis, Maggie. You need to swing it around. <laughs> Can't believe you put that on a podcast. <laughs> I'm 
felt like it needed to. Yeah, let's uh, PG-13 that a little bit. Okay. Bring it down. You're a unicorn nurse. I think you had a nurse manager who actually described you as that. She did. So, yeah, it, there's tons of nurses, you included, obviously, who are great nurses who should be demanding more money from these recruiters because I've done recruiting before. Yeah. I've done technical recruiting and yeah. we had a, we had a health department of that technical recruiting Can and you they speak did nurses. To that a little bit? Yeah, and say like how how recruiting works. Yeah. It's you, well, I was an account manager, so I managed the accounts. I didn't actually do sure. any recruiting directly, but But yeah, um, I remember you saying in I your did it for extra money. Recruiting, you had like you know, three different um packages like pay packages pay rates or yeah. something and like you know you the first one that you would offer them was like some low ball and then yeah if they yeah so whatever Go so I, I think that that actually might have gone away with obamacare or it might have gone away with um some of the changes that trump made i can't remember but um basically what we do is we would offer benefits or no benefits benefits or we would um it was corp to corp, which basically means corporation to corporation. So explaining all those, no benefits. I would offer you a contract and I'd say, hey, hey, Nurse Maggie, I'm going to get you on this contract, but we can't give you any benefits. See, and never... you'll get more money because of that. And I, I think that's the thing that went away is that you have to offer benefits. Because I've always had. Yeah. So let's take that benefits. out of the conversation. The next two is benefits or corp to corp. With benefits... Um, it's going to be about a 20% gap there between – probably more than that, honestly, because I need to make a margin on that. I need to make a profit as a recruiter. I'm recruiting you. I need to make a profit because I get paid as a recruiter and then the company gets paid. Mm -hmm. So that profit margin needs to be huge. So uh, a recruiter and their agency might get paid $100 an hour for your job mm -hmm. and they're going to pay you – you know, after everything 40. is included, 40 an hour. Well, what they're actually billing is $100 an hour, like I said. So they're keeping $60 an hour on you being there. Right. And so probably the recruiter keeps, depending on the agency that they're working for, anywhere between 10 to 20%, I'm guessing. I don't know. I mean, this is for technical yeah. recruiting. is a little different. Just but if they can lowball you down even more, Get you down to thirty dollars an hour. Get you down to you know thirty five dollars an hour, whatever it might be. They There's an extra five dollars an hour that they get to keep. Exactly. So their margins are bigger. And as a recruiter, obviously you're trying to keep nurses on, but at the same time, and put them in the positions. But at the same time, you're trying to you know take care of yourself. Yeah, I think so, I heard once it was like for every dollar that you're making, the agency's making three. Probably. I don't doubt that at all. They're probably making a ton more. And so this is why, I mean, it's business. It's, it's what's going to happen. But you need somebody to stand up for you and say, no, fuck you, recruiter. Give her more money. She's a unicorn nurse. And to, to put you up on a pedestal, just like any celebrity has an agent. Yeah. You know? Like, they need somebody to, to put them up on that pedestal and say, like, they're a great person. You need to be paying them this X amount. And they're, here's all their demands also. Yeah. Yeah, they want day shifts. They don't want night shifts. They don't want to be rotating mm -hmm. either one or the other. They want... Um, I know. I always feel like I have to... I always 
compromise too early, I think. Yeah. Hey, if my nurse has to move from New York City to Denver. You're going to pay for their travel expenses to get over there so that they can complete this contract for you. Yeah. Oh, they need to buy new scrubs for this one hospital. Oh, they're using Royal Blue instead of Midnight Blue. Yeah, that, that kind of bullshit should all be paid for by the recruiting agency or should be expensed by you as a nurse. But, you know, it's a different conversation. Mm-hmm. But you should be putting, you should be standing up for yourself and pushing back against these recruiters to get as much po- money as possible. Yeah. I mean, I think Melanie, Melody said that too. Yeah. You know, she's pretty aggressive with the recruiters from what I've learned. Yeah, she's good at negotiating. Yeah. You have to be good at negotiating. There's always more money there, and sometimes all it takes is a little ask. And I think I've told you that before yeah, too. Yeah, to it's like, just ask. Just ask, and then you've asked, and then you get more money. Yeah. And it's it's absurd. Like, their margins are huge. They're going to give you, what, $2 more? But they could probably give you like $15 more and still be comfortable at night. Yeah. That's the crazy thing. You know? But they're so they're they're so hesitant. And like I hate when recruiters are like, Oh, like I'm gonna have to talk to my manager and see and I was yeah, like, that's I know bullshit. that you're a senior recruiting manager. Yeah, that, that's so, just like, that's who just are bullshit. You answering to? No, that's that's the same tactic that anybody uses. Yeah. You call customer service, hey, let me put you on hold while I talk to my manager and then they sit there and diddle with their thumbs until they get back on the phone with you thirty minutes later and then offer you a refund. It's that kind of tactic. It's just putting you on hold, thinking that somebody is going to take care of you. Yeah. And then getting you back on. So they can like blame it on some invisible person yes. that, yeah. that you can't get anymore. 100%. Go to a car dealership and buy a car. Let me go talk to the finance person real quick. Same thing. Mm-hmm. And they come back and meet you in the middle. No, it's not the meeting in the middle. They're lowballing you still. So you need somebody to fight for you. And... That's what I thought about was like, hey, do you make this a service or you take a percentage of the nurse's pay or something? I don't know. For like a first month fee yeah. just to do the negotiations. But for you, I'd do it for free. I just don't know if a recruiter would talk to me. It just feels so weird being like, this is my manager. This is my agent. This talk is my to them. agent. Talk to <laughs> She's going to be like, fuck you. I want to talk to the nurse. <laughs> well, and like you have to focus on your nursing. You have to get all these paperwork. Yeah. You have to get all these forms. Like you need somebody to manage all that. And, like, that is what an agent does for celebrities, you know, yeah. whatever it might be. Why isn't why can't you have the same thing for nurses? Yeah. I feel like I'm very organized with my files and everything. And, like, yeah. I'm sure that people aren't as organized as I am. Yeah. Because, like, there's just so much paperwork. You need, like, a personal assistant and a negotiator in one. Or you need, like, a negotiator on hire and then just handle it all yourself. Yeah, maybe you could do like a flat fee for like when you're talking about. That's I've talked about that before. Yeah. So give me fifty bucks. I'd love to get on the phone and negotiate with somebody. Yeah. I love that. Let me do it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyways, we're on a tangent now. We're like twenty minutes talking about how to negotiate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's important. I mean, I think that nurses need to know that, you know, especially travelers, it's okay to negotiate. You need to, you have to negotiate. Yeah. You know. One little tip about negotiating, ask for help. It's the biggest thing. Whenever you ask people for help, they always give in. I do that now. A little bit. Yeah. Let me know what you can do to help me out. Yep. That's what you told me to say. And Mm -hmm. now I say that all the time. And yeah, I feel like It works. It does. Yeah. 
Because then it sounds like you're on a team together and you're not negotiating against them. That's the biggest thing is, hey, we're both here. We both need to make money, but you need to help me out. Mm -hmm. So, What is something that comes with time you think that significant others of nurses could learn right now today on the podcast? Medical terminology. Medical. (laughs) I would say medical terminology. I mean, that's the biggest thing (laughs) is like, wait, as a significant other, as a support system, you're going to be going to dinners, you're going to be going to lunches, you're going to be going out to the bar with your nurses, nursing (laughs) friends, and you will sit there and listen to nurse story after nurse story after nurse story. You're the best for doing that, by the way. And you can sit there and have no idea what they're talking about and blow your brains out because of it, (laughs) or you can kind of understand it and sometimes give some feedback or talk a little bit. How's this? What? It's okay if you don't want to go to those. That's that's a great thing for people (laughs) of significant others. If your significant other says, and she's a nurse or he's a nurse, and they say, yeah, I'm going to dinner or drinks with my nursing friends, you just say, yeah, I'm going to stay at home. (laughs) I'm gonna stay at home. I'm good. <laughs> or it's okay. Are there, yeah, are there I, husbands or wives coming that I can come and hang out with? Yeah. Then right. it's okay. But like, ah, oh God. Me personally, uh, I've gotten to the point. You've gone. I've gotten to the enough. point. Yeah. I'm like, no, nah, I'm good. I'm gonna stay home. Like, I know how this is gonna pan out. And yeah. I'm okay staying home, and I'm okay with you staying home. Honestly. Yeah, that's something they can learn over a long period of time, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Do you want to give me a nursing quiz real quick? A nursing quiz? Yeah. Say some abbreviations and I'm going to tell you if I know them or not. Ooh, good one. Yeah. Okay. Go. PRN. Um, uh, PRN. PRN. It was a brewery in Charlottesville. Do you remember? PRN. No, I it's don't. It's actually, would you know what it means? Not what it stands for. Something registered nurse? PRN. I never even thought of that. Yeah. No, PRN is as needed. As needed? Yeah, pro Renata. Oh, come on. All right, give me that. Okay. Um, oh, God, there's so many. Um, Q1H. You're giving really hard ones. No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> Q1H? Yeah. yeah. I have no idea. Every... Hour. Q is every one H hour. Every one hour. Every hour. Why isn't it EOH? Every one hour. <laughs> Doesn't make sense. What All about, right. okay, what Next about? One. Um, BID? No. I don't, which ones How do, do you, you know? What's the little uh, rolly thing that you roll around? <laughs> Yeah. Oh. Your computers. It's a um, cow. Cows. Yeah. Computer on wheels. I know there that one. There you go. I know that one. <laughs> Stupid name. But I know that one. Or Wow's workstation on wheels. Yeah. That's, I thought you were going to throw that one at me. And I was like, no. yeah, I know that one. <laughs> you don't know any of them. All right. Let's do another. Um, or abbreviations that you do. Abbreviations. GI. Gastrointestinal? Yeah. Okay. That one's pretty easy, though. <laughs> well, A times O. A times O? 
A and O. A and O? Like if I say A and O times four. No? No. I want to say like artery something. No. Alert and oriented. Alert and oriented times four? Times four. Four is person, place, time, situation. Oh. So like, you know, you're oriented to your surroundings. These are terms that significant others need to know, I guess, (laughs) for your stories. A and O times four. A and O times one is they're out of lunch. They're freaking super confused. They mm. only know their name or they're just not oriented. At I don't all. think you've ever used any of these terms in stories you've told me though. Well, because I know I'm well, I You know you dumb it down. But, what are yeah. some that you are confused about? Every single term that you have mentioned <laughs> on this podcast where then you've had to stop the other person who you're interviewing and say what it is. Okay. So like, yeah, I had, I remember doing that once. Hemonk was hematology oncology for the last one. Didn't know that. Mm-hmm. BMT bone marrow transplant. Yeah. I'm trying not. I, think, I, I thought you had one Shelby to too, but abbreviations. I know, but sometimes I don't know. Cath catheter. Catheter. I know that one. Yeah, I think the weirdest thing that I ever learned from you was a condom catheter. I had no <laughs> idea that that existed, and that's <laughs> disgusting. And we considered. Bringing one for like a festival. Yeah, Firefly Music Festival. <laughs> Maggie was going to strap me in one for the music festival so I didn't hey, have to leave. It comes in handy sometimes. Yeah. Well, you got yeah. like one out of ten, honey. Yeah, I suck. I'll make sure to be Just more. Give me an F. Let me go home. <laughs> <laughs> Put an F on it. Let me go home. It's a cup with dirt in it. <laughs> it's a cup of dirt. Brian Regan. Um, but I think also going back to, I think one big thing that I wanted to point out with us is that it's okay to be long distance if it's something that you both agree yeah. on, you know, and it's, it's possible yeah, to do travel nursing, you know, don't write it off completely. If it's something that you, you feel like is going to help you love nursing a little bit more. Yeah. Remember why you love nursing. If you feel like traveling is the thing for you, don't let having a significant other get in the way of pursuing that opportunity. Yeah. I think something also that I learned, I just thought of this. Um, You as a nurse may have three days on, four days off, but I can't assume that those four days off are a time that you can do everything that needs to get done. Like, I can't assume, oh, you have four days and I only have two days off. So you do the laundry, you do the cleaning, you do everything else. Like you need time for yourself. And like, that was something I, I think I, I think we were in Arlington. I struggled with a little bit. Cause I was like, why can't she just do the laundry? Like I'm working all the time and I have class and I have all these other things. Like, like I just need you to like do the laundry or do something else. Like you're off for four days. But like I didn't, I don't think I voiced that to you. But I hope I did the laundry. You did, you did. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like four days is enough time for me to be like, you okay, did. I can do the laundry. I know, but but you still need to, you as a nurse need to take time for yourself. Yeah. You needed yeah. a day to like. Recoup, you need self care. Veg out. Yeah. I think as a routine, if you can get a routine, the best you can. That helps so much with like self-care, I think, making a routine. You got to try floating again. Yeah, you want me to. We're talking about sensory deprivation tanks. 
Matt has been one of his clients for marketing. A couple of them are sensory deprivation tanks. And I think that they, well, you can talk. I know that they're great for decreasing anxiety and stress. Um, Well, Kat, my aunt, said that she's a uh, flight attendant. She hopped in one here in Denver, Samana Float Center. And she said there was like the greatest. Yeah, I'm plugging. I don't care. (laughs) I'm a marketing person. Don't plug on my podcast. I can't plug. Why not? (laughs) You're going to have people on eventually who are going to plug stuff on your podcast. Okay. All right, go ahead. Yeah. Um, <laughs> she said that was the greatest thing ever. It was like she's going to recommend it to all flight attendants. And there are people who stay up for long hours and they're doing stuff constantly and taking care of people. Mm-hmm. Not saying it's the same as nursing, but it's similar in some ways. Yeah. So hopping in there and getting your self-care and getting some sleep in. Yeah. Well, something that I kind of I realized relatively recently is that I mean, just meditation in whatever kind of meditation is a huge spectrum of things, but it's just bringing yourself back to the present and getting out of your mind for a little bit. And that could be yoga. That could be float tanks. That could be just going on a walk. That could be, you know, resting. It doesn't have to be like sitting cross-legged, you know, with your palms on your hands, knees, like it, it can be so many different things, but I think that's super important Yeah. to, with self-care is to like be in the present and get back centering yourself and like yeah. getting out of that mindset, that stressful environment for a little bit. And so floating for a lot of people, floating is, is, um, yeah. really beneficial. You got to try it again. I know. Give I didn't really like it at first, that first, my first one. But I had gone right after a night shift, and I didn't end up sleeping. And I thought I was going to sleep, and I didn't sleep. Yeah. Well, I'll do it again. And you shaved your legs before. And I shaved my and legs it's super before. salty water. And it's super Stink. salty. So don't shave your legs, and don't take a hot shower beforehand. <laughs> it's a cold shower. I, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Anyways, another thing I was going to say for people over time get some brownie points in bring the nurses on the unit some cookies yes matt you said that was so sweet you said order you cookies yeah. yeah and then i would bring you bring you something to your unit for mm-hmm. the other nurses and everybody else there one of the nurses once <laughs> i think it was at my first job you had brought cookies or cupcakes or something we would just started dating and they're like he's a feeder isn't he I was like, I hope not. Yeah, I'm trying know. to fatten you up. What the hell? That's so That's weird. That's what they said. I know. Where you That's brought fucking stuff. weird. <laughs> so creepy. No. But it was super appreciated. Cookies. No, I don't. Really I'll bring you a salad but... if you want. Yeah. I don't care. No, it's just something as a significant other to take care of your nurse. Yeah, when you're stressed, that used to like when I would see like cookies at the front desk, or I would get, I would get something from you. It kind of took me out of the immediate, like this situation that I was dealing with because I, I, when I'm at work, I don't have my phone. I don't, I don't text. I don't really talk to you for the twelve hours most of the time, unless I'm like in the bathroom. Or at lunch, like have some type of break. Then I'm texting you. But like for the most part, I'm like completely in, 
at work. Yeah. And if then you my get a mind lunch. is completely at work. And so like when I see, yeah, if I get a lunch. So if I see something, it kind of like puts me back out of work mode and be like, oh, I'm going home at some point. Yeah. So that always, yeah, I really appreciate when you do that. I remember one time, oh, what did you say? I think it was cookies. Maybe it was pizza, flour. I think it was cookies. But I think you like went rogue on the insomnia cookies guy because you're like, she doesn't have time to go and meet you. She's a nurse. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, they were delivering it to your hospital. Yeah. And then, yeah, insomnia <laughs> cookies. Figure your shit out. They yeah, or hit me up for marketing. They yeah they, <laughs> um, yeah they they were delivering it to your place and they were like yeah can she come down and meet us and I'm like no she's busy I'm like she's a nurse I told you guys that on the slip you're gonna have to deliver it to the unit. And I was like Matt they don't do that like you have to go down to the deck and get it. I just thought that was stupid. <laughs> Like if, if they deliver, I thought that was sweet. All right. So if you put in, I want to deliver it to my hotel room, they're going to go directly to your hotel room. They're going to get out of their car and they're going to come up to your hotel room. So what's the difference between coming to a unit? Well, um, card access, maybe they might not be able to get in. I've walked onto units so easily. That's true. You just walk up and you say, I'm here delivering these cookies. I've done it so many times. Here, I'm delivering these keys to Maggie. Yes, you did that the other day. Yeah, showed right up. Shocked because I was like merging two worlds together. Matt showed up on the unit. I was like, oh, God, wait. Whoa. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) What are you doing here? You're not supposed to be here. Yeah, showed up with my keys. Yeah. But... Yeah, that's yeah. I went rogue on. <laughs> was rogue the right term? I just went crazy. Yeah. Well, yeah. you didn't go crazy. You just were like yelling pissed. at them. <laughs> we're like, no, she can't come downstairs. <laughs> <laughs> She's a nurse. Damn it! Don't you understand? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I think that's pretty much it. Do you have anything else you want to say? Mm, no, I don't know. Is there anything we missed? Mm-mm. Anything you want to talk about? Anything you want to ask me now that we've gone through the conversation? No. Just that. I just want to reiterate how much I appreciate you being so supportive of traveling and nursing. You, you know, you truly do lift me up. I really appreciate that. Thanks, honey. Yeah. I mean, I'm always going to be there for you. I'm always going to support you. So... I think that's like the biggest thing. You got to have somebody who supports you. Yeah. If they don't support you, break up with them now. (laughs) (laughs) Follow Um, your dreams. (laughs) Follow your dreams. (laughs) Leave that dick. (laughs) Oh, God. I don't know. I mean, like, think about support systems. You just have to realize that you are that support system. You have to know that you're there to support your nurse and or your doctor or your therapist or shout out to Casey. Love you, Casey. <laughs> Going to be a therapist soon. So you got you to gotta have somebody else that can support you. Yeah. And they can listen to those shit show stories and can help you out, get you through the way. I just, I just think you, you got to have the, your better half that actually understands what you're doing. Yeah. And if they don't, well, you need to figure that out, like I said. And as a nurse, you need to be, 
you're compassionate to people all day, every day. You need to be compassionate and understanding to your significant other. Yeah. About their day and their problems and their stress. Yeah. I'm stressed too. Yeah. Well, I know that. Yeah. (laughs) This is Pen Light. Thank you so much for listening. If you have comments, notes, questions about this episode, please shoot me an email, penlightpodcast at gmail.com. No spaces. I haven't gotten any email, so please send me a comment. I would love to hear your input. The only ones I get are, are like Squarespace. Well, you got text messages. You got texts from friends, family who supported you. Yeah. yeah. I so get good feedback. You got feedback, just people weren't emailing but you. That's the difference. Email. Well, or send you a Facebook message. Yeah. By the way, right now, open up your phone, go to Penlight Podcast on Facebook, go to Penlight Podcast on Instagram. You need to like both of those pages and share them with all your friends. If you're a nurse and you're not sharing it, I don't know what is wrong with you. Yeah. What? You need to plug. My marketing boyfriend. You need to plug. (laughs) (laughs) They got to follow the Facebook page. They got to follow the Instagram. You're going to be putting out a lot more content out there. Video to come soon during this podcast. Yeah. Video is coming. If you have a nurse or somebody in the medical field that you think should be on the podcast, let Maggie know. That would be awesome. Sorry. Okay. Anything else? that you're doing this. So here's my idea. Maggie, for this conference that's coming up, this neuro conference in Denver. Hey, this is just the end. This is the epilogue. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, She should be on that stage next year doing her podcast live with a therapist or some sort of life coach or somebody to help nurses get through those tough times. Yeah. Just like Matt told me to make this podcast when I said that there wasn't a course or a, um, some sort discussion of discussion yeah. about self care. Yeah. The first thing Matt said was that I need to do it. Yeah, and then you do it live. You do a live podcast with a therapist or somebody who is there, and people can come up and ask questions. And then all the nurses who are there don't have to listen to doctors all day, and they actually get to listen to another nurse. They're all nurses at the conference, honey. Who are doing the talks? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was all doctors. Mm-mm. Oh, no, that's it's great. a nursing conference. Well, there's me not knowing anything. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah. That's well, anyways. scary, but I will... I think that if I keep doing this and if I have like, I think I'll, I'll get momentum throughout. I'll see how the conference goes. You know, I'll talk to people and see how difficult it would be. You should network with the conference organizers. Yeah. Talk to them. Say, I got a podcast. About self-care. Yeah. But. Sounds like a plan, Stan. <laughs>